0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the RPR Network. We are glad to be with you as we continue through the show. We just finished up a conversation with Teresa Tamio about her new book about her mom. Everything's coming up, Rosie. Ten things my feisty Italian-American mom taught me about living a godly life. You can find that book at Rosie rosybook
2: A side benefit to that book is that she teaches you how to phonetically speak New Jersey. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's spelled out. So if you ever want to speak East Coast style, you should go through that book because right. she spells it all out. I would try that, but and just embarrass myself. So let's move on. <laughs> We're pleased to welcome now Dale Barsher of the South Dakota Right to Life. Dale, thanks so much for being on with us today. So talk a little bit about being executive director of the South Dakota Right to Life.
0: South Dakotan uh, from Mitchell. And as long as I can remember, uh, Brandon, John, I have been pro-life strong. I am from a family of 10 children. My parents raised us to value The sanctity of human life. Forty-seven years ago, Mm -hmm. I married my wife, Jan. Uh, We raised two daughters, a wonderful son-in-law, and, in my humble opinion, the world's two best grandchildren. My first employment after college and seminary was that of a pastor for thirty years here in South Dakota. A little stint in Minnesota, then I shifted my influence. I worked for ten years in the state in the public policy arena. And following that experience, I served as a political advisor for South Dakota's uh, governor's race. And that brings us to today. I'm currently in my fifth year serving as executive director with South Dakota Rights of Life. And uh, gentlemen, it's been a wonderful journey.
2: That sounds, that sounds really good. So it's interesting because you're, um, you're kind of living your, a, a culmination of what you went through growing up, you know, from being a pastor and the sanctity of um, being a real a pro-life warrior, uh, going into the political realm, and then kind of combining everything for the position you're in right now. That's pretty neat.
0: Well, absolutely. And I, I credit my parents for instilling in me um, a work ethic, but instilling in me my values. And then I married into those values. So it's it's been a wonderful marriage a uh, wonderful life thus far.
2: So, when when was the uh, South Dakota Right to Life? When was it founded? What what was the uh, the genesis of it? And, and where where has it come to this point? What are you doing uh, today?
0: Well, we're commemorating today fifty two years of defending innocent human life from conception and natural death in this great state. I have twenty four board members that uh, I serve. I serve from. Every uh, corner of the state of South Dakota, we're committed to doing uh, two things with a flair of excellence. Uh, In our mission statement, you will read that we educate and legislate on the sanctity of human life. So Mm -hmm. to educate, we publish our newsletter called Life Acts. It's a quarterly newsletter that's mailed out to nearly 17,000 pro-life homes here in South Dakota and beyond. And um, So if your listening audience would like to receive uh, complimentary copies of the Life Facts, they can simply go to our website, sdrighttolife.org, and sign up. I also do a weekly email blast. It goes out to several thousand inboxes across the state and beyond. And listeners can also um, go to our website and sign up at sdrighttolife.org for that weekly email blast. Only once a week. That's been my promise.
1: I think it's so important to keep everybody informed. There are so many different things that happen in life, right, uh, let alone the legislature, all the different bills that come forward. Many of them die. Some go through. And being able to keep tabs on how that's affecting our pro-life policies is really important because not everybody has the time to read through the bills because they could be quite long at times but being able to have a voice out there that is sharing the truth doing the research and then spreading the word about that to be able to call your legislators and take action encouraging them to take action really important so i'm grateful dale for this work um you know we have about uh Seven minutes or so before we need to head to break, I would love to get into some of the big victories that have happened so far in the legislative session because there are some some really big ones. I was reading through um, from things like affirming the legislature's support of the Dobbs versus Jackson uh, ruling by the Supreme Court, um, as well as supporting parents when um, when trying to support for expenses related to pregnancy and childbirth, Uh, just a lot of great things. Can you walk through some of those, Dale?
0: Well, certainly. So here in South Dakota, uh, our legislative session runs for a nine-week period. Basically, it runs through um, January and then through March. Um, On the legislative front, I'm reminded of President Thomas Jefferson. He rightly said, the care of human life and happiness not their destruction, is the first and only object of good government. Uh, he was right. And so I serve as a lobbyist, like you mentioned, for this nine-week period here in South Dakota. This year, we were very pleased to see that uh, three bills that we supported were signed into law by our very pro-life governor, Kristi Noem. And I have to give her a shout-out, because Kristi Noem, our six constitutional officeholders, many of our 105 legislators, are pro-life strong, and that makes South Dakota one of the strongest, most pro-life states uh, in the country. We also saw uh, the passage of a pro-life resolution, and you mentioned that. This was brought by uh, Senator Jim Bolin of Canton, South Dakota. It simply affirms the five courageous Supreme Court justices who overturned Roe excuse me, who overturned Roe and sent it back to the states and states' rights issue, and rightly so. And so um we we're grateful because our legislators stepped up and um uh, affirmed what the Supreme Court had done. And then the bills that you mentioned, yes, one one of our, our primary bills was a bill that simply said that in South Dakota, uh, we will never, uh, never criminalize uh, a mother for uh, 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 for having an unlawful abortion in our great state. That's important because we see the mother, the pregnant woman, uh, who has an abortion, we see them as a victim uh, of a very callous and greedy industry, uh, and one to be supported and helped through the trauma of what, of what she had done. So that bill passed overwhelmingly in the House and in the Senate.
1: And I think that's an important one, Dale, because I could just see the other side using it as fodder if something like that wasn't passed. You know, just seeing if the person does get abortion, then the, you know, the pro-life state of South Dakota is going to send these women to jail for doing this and just you know really adding fuel to that. So I, I'm just really grateful that the state thought ahead on that front and was able to pass something like that.
0: Yeah, and we're so very grateful. We have an attorney general in Marty Jackley who gets it, who understands the safety of human life. So as an attorney general, he fully supported this piece of legislation, actually came over, his office came over and testified in favor of it. So we did take uh, that talking point away from the pro-aborts abort uh, in the state of South Dakota. And so that was a very significant piece of legislation. We
2: talked to you um, right after um, Roe was overturned, and one of the things we talked about was uh, that the, the battle has not been won, it's not over, because you would expect the pro boards to actually uh, start to be a little more active, a little, a little more aggressive within the state of South Dakota. Did, did that happen?
0: Uh, well, it certainly did happen. In fact, uh, for South Dakota, we simply uh, turned to a new chapter, Uh, in in the life of our movement. Um, And so we're very much on the offense here in South Dakota, and the other side is riled up, and they're going at it as well.
1: You know, one of the things that I love about the state of South Dakota is just how pro-life you guys are I'm just looking at these votes right so the one that affirmed the legislature's support of the Supreme Court decision passed on the house floor 62 to 7 passed in the Senate floor thirty to three uh, another bill passed 66 to 4 uh, in the in the house 35 to nothing in the Senate uh, another one 63 to 5 and 31 to four 30, 63 to seven. 33 to 1. I mean, these are huge margins, Dale. This is really good news for South Dakota.
0: Well, it it certainly is, and I appreciate the fact that you noticed that. Uh, Here in South Dakota, in the pro-life movement, we're better and we're stronger together. So we cherish our partnerships at the state capitol uh, with such organizations as the South Dakota Catholic Conference and her director, Michael Pauley. I just got to give them a shout-out. We have cherished the Family Heritage Alliance, which is a public policy organization, the Concerned Women for America. Um, our 10 pregnancy care centers across South Dakota uh, come alongside us. And, of course, a friendly, partnering media like Real Presence Radio. It helps our work at the Capitol. And when people, the grassroots people, rise up, they contact our legislators and share their pro-life values with the legislators. And... First and foremost, when they elect um, pro-life legislators to go to the Capitol, it certainly enhances our work at the Capitol.
1: If you're just tuning in, we are visiting with Dale Barsher of the South Dakota Right to Life. He's the executive director about some of the amazing things that have been happening in the South Dakota legislature, some of the bills that have been passed not only in the Senate, not only in the House, but i have also been signed by the governor. Big pro-life moves that you guys can be proud of as South Dakotans. And I would say this, you know, we've got a minute left here, but talk about a message that this sends to the other states close by, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa.
0: Well, South Dakota Rights to Life, we're an affiliate of National Rights to Life, and so in every state we have a right to life affiliate and um, i'm a, i'm on the horn i communicate uh, often with the other directors across the st- uh, from other states and i think it does send a clear message and so uh, we want to be that voice of pro life reasoning across the, across the state and then beyond the borders of south dakota so we hope they're watching and listening because Something very good and right is happening right where we live, breathe, and raise our family.
1: One hundred percent. Dale, hold on. We do have to step away for a break. To all of our listeners, when we continue, we're going to talk about the next generation and what that looks like as far as pro-life versus pro-choice battle and what we can do to stay ahead of that and make sure that we are a pro-life nation for years to come. Stay with us. Real Presence Live will continue right after this.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
2: Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo DiFilippis of St. Luke Productions.
3: What the Magi Learned. Going into the house, the Magi saw the child. Outwardly, their journey was now over. But at this point, a new journey began for them, which changed their whole lives. Deep within themselves, they felt prompted to go in search of the true justice that can only come from God, and they wanted to serve this king, to fall prostrate at his feet, and to play their part in the renewal of the world. This was where their inner journey began. It started at the very moment when they knelt down before this child and recognized him as the promised king. But they still had to assimilate these joyful gestures internally. They had to change their ideas about power, about God and about man, and in so doing, they also had to change themselves. They had to learn to give themselves. No lesser gift would be sufficient for this king. But they had to learn that their lives must be conformed to this divine way of exercising power, to God's own way of being. They must become men of truth, of justice, of goodness, of forgiveness, of mercy. They will have to ask, how can I serve God's presence in the world? They must learn to lose their life and in this way to find it. Having left Jerusalem behind, they must not deviate from the path marked out by the true king as they follow Jesus. This
2: meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: We are back on Real Presence Live, and it is good to be with you. I'm one of your hosts today, Brandon Clark, joined by... John Clark. Good morning. And we are continuing our conversation with Dale Barsher of the South Dakota Right to Life. Before the break, we were talking about some of the great things that have happened in the legislative session as far as bills that have not only passed the House and Senate, but have also been signed by the governor. I want to touch just a little bit more on that, Dale, because I want people to understand that while we are talking about a single state of South Dakota, a lot of these bills are foundations for other states that they can take to their legislative bodies and begin working in the bills and hopefully the laws that come as a result of passing the bills. So when something is passed in one state, there's a lot of eyes on that state, seeing what's going to happen and what sta- what moves other states will make. Can you talk about that?
0: Well, certainly, lawmakers definitely uh, when when they look at uh, the bills, one of the first questions they will ask me when we bring forth a new. Piece of legislation is, has this legislation passed in any other state? Uh, they want to know is it, is it workable? Um, has, it, has it been through the, the test, the ringer, uh, so to speak? And so, uh, yeah, we, we look at what, what's working in other states. If we can keep from reinventing a great wheel, we're going to do so. So, we're going to learn from the uh, positives and the negatives of legislation passed in other states. So, as a Right to Life affiliate, I really lean on my other Right to Life directors and the other um, estates uh, to give direction and um, and help. And so we have at National Right to Life, we have a uh, policy, state policy legislative coordinator that actually um, is very instrumental in helping us form and craft our pieces of legislation. So we lean on that expertise so we can be smart and wise going forward.
2: Now, um, in an earlier segment, you had mentioned that two of the main um, focuses you have are uh, legislation and education. And so, you know, we know that the young people are, are typically pro-life uh, but can tend to be drawn away, um, you know, as they get older. Um, how are you reaching out to, to that demographic?
0: Well, the the Right to Life movement, on our front, we we know that we're winning. We're winning the science. We're winning the hearts and minds of reasonable, open-minded persons of every generation. So it's crucial that we reach the next generation. And when we do, we're finding that they respond. Uh, South Dakota Right to Life, we are very intentional in speaking truth to these young people, especially middle school, high school, and college. In fact, one of our board members is actually been designated as the Youth and Young Adult Coordinator. Her name is Cassidy Peters, who happens to be our governor's daughter and the youngest person serving on our board. Mm. So Cassidy reaches out to campuses across our state, organizes our youth convention in conjunction with our annual state convention, and also works with a youth essay contest, where we encourage 7th through 12th graders to enter a a three to 500-word essay contest on the topic, Why Am I Pro-Life? So we're encouraging young people all across the state uh, to get involved. I can't begin to tell you uh, how encouraging it is to see our youth and young adults stepping up to be counted for life. On our university campuses, on a number of Christian high school campuses, we're seeing pro-life student-led groups grow. Every year at our annual Walk for Life held at our state capitol in January, Several hundred friends of life will brave the cold, they'll march for life, and what's exciting is that two-thirds of that amazing crowd are today 25 years of age and younger. So we are reaching the next generation.
1: I had to chuckle when you used the phrase reasonable, open-minded folks because there are several people on the other side who are not reasonable or open-minded. I'm curious to know how you work with young people and educate them to address these people when they come to them and they are, are seeing that there's just a lot of challenges and even having a conversation with them because they are, one, not reasonable, and two, not open-minded.
0: Well, we, one of the things that we attempt to do is to bring into the state um, the folks that um, will be heard by our young people. So whether it's at our conferences, at our events, at our state convention, we bring in individuals who have earned the right to be heard and will be heard by the young people that relate to them on their level. So we speak to them in groups, um, wherever we have an opportunity, wherever South Dakota Rights of Life is invited to speak, whether it's on a campus of a university or a high school campus, a middle school campus, uh, we will show up. Every year the South Dakota Republican Party they hold a what's called a tars a teens a teens camp in the Black Hills of South Dakota. For the last 5 years they've invited me to come and to speak to the uh, 30 40 50 uh, high school students that are gathered at that camp on the issue of the sanctity of human life. So we speak we speak up we speak to their to their um, interests Uh, and to their hearts and their passion on this issue. And, um, boy, they're beginning to understand that uh, they've been lied to by the Mm. culture. Uh, The the 4D uh, of ultrasound has been a huge blessing, and it just demonstrates the science behind the gift of life. And so we're winning the next generation.
2: Are you invited to a lot of secondary schools to come in and speak?
0: Well, we're so grateful that on our university campuses, we have groups such as um, uh, Bikes for Life, Yotes for Life, um, uh, Students for Life, groups on these campuses. So we're invited to the campuses through those groups, and that gives us an open door.
2: That's so important. That's so important, because that's at a time where, you know, a lot of the... The philosophies and the, the minds of the young people can can get uh, polluted, so, but, but quite frankly. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, you know, we just just have a few minutes left here, Dale. I want to give you some time to talk about upcoming summer events that folks in South Dakota and maybe even if they want to travel to South Dakota because they're outside of South Dakota can be sure to take in.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, so, South Dakota Rights Life right now we're gearing up to show up at our fairs, our conventions, our conferences, events across the state of South Dakota as we continue to educate on the sanctity of human life. Um, One of the things that we're really um, encouraging at our events this summer is uh, we're devoting a lot of attention, a lot of time, to defeating a radical abortion petition that organizers hope to place on our South Dakota ballot in November of 2024. Um, It would amend South Dakota's Constitution to legalize abortion, at all stages of pregnancy. So it's truly that extreme, and that's not who we are. So we're encouraging people to decline to sign uh, when petition circulators approach South Dakotans, and they will, with their extreme and deceptively worded abortion petition. So we're hoping to stop it before it even gets on the ballot. So we're heavily involved in that this summer. We're also gearing up and preparing for our 52nd annual Right to Life Convention will be held September 22 and 23 in Aberdeen. So we're anticipating some 400 strong in attendance, and we'd be honored to have your listeners in the house with us. So they can simply go to sdrighttolife.org and check out our convention, check out our fair schedule. So if there's a county fair, the state fair, we're going to be there uh, with a exhibit, with a booth. And um, displaying the safety of human life to those that walk by—that
2: is absolutely wonderful. That—that's that's just so active and so positive, and and uh, and just—it's—it's it's, you're really gathering people into the pro-life message. I think is really neat. Um, you know, I on your legislative information page at the bottom of the page you. Provide some very practical steps on how to contact your legislature. You know, what's the proper way to write to the legislator? Can you touch on that? I just when I read that, I thought, you know, you you really make it sound easy to do. And there's especially the young people if they become passionate about something like that. This is really good direction on. Hey, you know what? Get involved in the system, and here's how it's done.
0: Well, sure. And that information, as you mentioned, is found on our website. Um, we have been told, and I believe it to be true, a fact, that six contacts to a legislator on a single issue can change that legislator's vote. So they sincerely need to hear from the grassroots, from their constituents. So your two representatives, your se- state senator that, um, uh, that is in Pier here in South Dakota at the capitol, they need to hear from you. So to make a phone call, to write a simple email, not a lengthy one, but a short one, pointed at at your point of view on a certain piece of legislation, to see them when they come home at Cracker Barrels, uh, to contact them, maybe have a cup of coffee with them, it goes uh, a great distance in moving the dial when it comes to their vote for pro-life issues.
1: Thirty seconds, Dale. What final thoughts would you have for our listeners?
0: Well, I would simply say, do something for God's sake, for country's sake, for your child and grandchild's sake. Don't just sit there and do something. We're stronger and better together. We're touching hearts, changing minds, saving lives, lives of the born and the unborn. Let's do it together. God bless.
1: Amen. We're so grateful for you answering the call to serve in this way as well. It's an important movement, and we need to continue to grow that momentum. We have a lot of momentum Uh, including in South Dakota, but we need to continue to grow that momentum and not slow down anytime soon. And I think we can see the perfect example that is being set in South Dakota with some of the huge victories. So please visit South Dakota Right to Life. It's sdrighttolife.org. That's sdrighttolife.org. You can learn more about the things that are happening, the upcoming events, and do take part. It's so important to be involved with your state level and you can do that by calling your local legislators the ones who you help elect so sdrighttolife.org stay with us we got to head to our top of the hour break but we have much more real presence life to come right after this